What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can get your concert photos, show reviews, interviews, and so much more. And with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, oh, my God, I can actually hear you. I'm, yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, this is uh, this is an interview that, that took place that I, I mildly was a part of. You you haunted the whole interview. Whether you you can, your presence could definitely be felt. Oh, good. I, I, people can hear me cracking beers open because apparently everybody could hear me, but I couldn't hear anybody else. Yeah, this is uh. So if you haven't seen, uh, looking at your screen, the guest of this episode is Howard Jones of Light the Torch, King Fighter, formerly a Kill Switch Engage, sort of still formerly of Blood Has Been Shed, and uh, we were so so. So pumped for this interview. And then the podcast gods said that uh, it wasn't supposed to be as pristine and awesome as it was as we thought it would be. I think it's just that our phone lines, our Skype lines couldn't handle the awesomeness of Howard Jones. And we ended up just getting totally, you know, bum rushed by that. I'd like to think that the gods knew that you were going to ask what his bathwater is. Smelled well, like or tasted like or whatever. That was my next question. It was like, nope, you're done. Yeah, you're done. We tried to do the best that we could uh, under the, the circumstances. Uh, I, I do have to say, because I could literally see Dan, or we could see each other, I guess. And uh, it was really disheartening to be able to see Dan be visibly frustrated that he couldn't really be actively a participant in this conversation. He even took time off of work. And... Uh, it was just one of those things that it sucks so bad. And, like, a couple of times, like, because, you know, as I've said before, we have our Facebook Messenger open so we can kind of communicate without having to audibly say anything to each other uh, during an interview. And it was one of those things where I would send him something like, all right, you can go, because, like, he'd be like, I think I can hear you. And I'm like, all right, go. Go with your question. And then I'm like, yeah, and turning it over to Dan. And I'm turning, turning it over to Dan. Dan, nothing? No, nothing? And apparently you guys could hear me. So if I had just started talking, it would have been fine. But the problem is, is I didn't know you were saying that. <laughs> yeah. And then the one time I, I did throw it to you, I was like, just go, just ask a question. You're like, because I could hear something. You basically just re-asked the exact question that we had just already gone over. Jesus. But I, did, I didn't have the heart to tell you. And I was like, Dan, we just literally asked those two questions. And uh, Howard already answered those. But hey, all right. Good question, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut it out and I'll have you ask it. <laughs> Give me something here. Uh, I think under the circumstances, Howard was uh, very, very understanding of the situation. Um, it's one of those things that I think if you are a fan of metal, metalcore, uh, there's no way that you haven't been impressed with Howard. Uh, like I said, Blood Has Been Shed, I think, are a criminally underrated band. Um, they deserve a lot more credit for the heavier music scene today. Uh, being at the forefront of it, um, I think for for as much credit as given to like Kill Switch and so forth, I think really it's like you look at to me. I think it should be, and honestly, it's the pillars that hold Kill Switch up. But Aftershock, Overcast, Blood Has Been Shed, those are kind of the the holy trinity of bands that kind of ushered in that sound. Totally, dude. They are absolutely one of the most important bands to me. And a lot of it is that they just played a uncompromisingly brutal sound that was still beautiful at the same time. And uh, oh, and yeah. I, to be honest, I've heard a lot of bands since then, and they are they are unique in making me feel that way. 
and there 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 really aren't any other bands that have come close really it's kind of weird because sometimes i feel like i'm a bit objective to new music like i feel like i'm that old person's like it sounds like my dad like when you know certain bands would come on it's like oh i liked it better when it was called this and you know they were a band package you know 20 years earlier right. but sometimes like you listen to a band and it's kind of hard not to be like oh this is uh well this is obviously a little bit of like converge or this is a little bit of uh poison the well this is a little bit of kill switch old kill switch this is a little bit of you know like i feel like the early days of metalcore especially that new england style were just so so such a landmark group of albums, musicians, bands, and so forth. I mean, sometimes you look like, I mean, Return to the Pit is a great example. You look at some of these tours that happened and you're like, oh my God, those bands at that time for $8, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and it would have involved me driving halfway across the country, which I would have gladly done because it would have been way cheaper than it would be now. Yeah, absolutely. It's like gas was like, what, like a dollar nineteen. And yeah, uh, yeah, like gas is a dollar nineteen, and it's only eight bucks to get into the show. Yeah, I'd probably drive down there for a weekend. Yeah, no, it's uh, Blood Is Machete is is a really huge band uh, for me. Actually, Amy, who uh, helped set this interview up, I sent her a text when we were done, and I sent her the photo of my Blood Is Machete hoodie. And I was like, I know to a lot of people, like maybe Blood Is Machete doesn't mean that much to them. And it's funny because uh, when we were talking about setting this up, she she calls him at times Jones Is Machete. Right. Yeah. The totally. Which which I think that's uh very amusing, and I feel like that needs to be merch. But it's one of those things. Like I said, I feel like I'm like the Lost Boys and Peter Pan and uh, Never Neverland of hardcore. Like it's like I still keep this Blood Is Machete hoodie. It's pretty tight on me, but I refuse to throw it away. I refuse to get rid of it because it's like. It's that band means so much to me, and like having that hoodie, you know, just always is like a reminder of like how great this band was and how like awesome that time frame of my life was. And it, it's call it hoarding, call it you know, just being a hardcore kid forever. But I think there are a lot of memories attached to a lot of the things that Howard has done. So actually, I'm gonna stop gushing about blood has been shed. Uh, let's get into our conversation with Howard Jones, and maybe you'll uh. We'll answer some long-standing Blood Has Been Shed questions. Or find out how many beers Dan can down in 20 minutes. Yeah, so let's find the answer to that when we get back. So we have the pleasure of talking to Howard Jones this early afternoon, a vocalist of Light the Torch, whose latest album, Revival, is out now via Nuclear Blast Records. How are you doing uh, in Minnesota there? Oh, doing pretty good, but that whole uh, pleasure, that's a bold assumption. <laughs> well, we've been trying to get you on for quite a while, and uh, you've been very elusive, uh, going all the way back to that Guar tour you were on, uh, what, about a year ago now? Wow, has it been a year? Uh, I don't know. Day- days go by. I think it's. Uh... Yeah, it's pretty close to that. Oh, wow. It, it doesn't seem like that long, but I guess it has been. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, kind of speaking to that first question, jumping right into it, it seemed like this new album, as far as being able to actually support it, 
kind of took a little bit for that to kind of happen. You know, you kind of did some very infrequent touring, but it seems like now you're kind of really got the ball rolling. You're getting on consistent tours, going over to Europe, getting on the festivals and so forth. How does it feel kind of finally being able to support this record that's kind of a long, been a long time coming? Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much the phrase, a long time coming. You know, we put it out and you know, we were we were told this is going to be a slow burn for us. And, and that was really because we had just, you know, we had really just created like George. So, you know, we finally got everything in place and putting the album out. But then we had to, we were switching management and booking and everything. So it was just a complete revamping. And so we kind of had to slow down. And plus, because we had changed the name and and it changed the sound. People had to slowly become a little more familiar with it before they just jumped in. So we had to bide our time. How frustrating is it kind of having been through the whole music industry side of things, especially on the Kill Switch front where, you know, there's kind of the expectation of like, okay, we do a record, support it for two years. And then there's the the, the excitement of like, when's the next thing coming to then kind of having be told like, all right, you guys got to really wait this one out. How frustrating is it to have that happen? Uh, it's uh, definitely interesting. You know, it's <laughs> it's a it's an exercise in patience, but you know, it we believed in it, and and you know, when if we were going to get an opportunity, we try and make the best of it. So you know, we were we were willing to do what we had to do. I've kind of been told that uh your your crowd reactions in between songs has been uh rather interesting. Why don't you uh? <laughs> Go ahead and tell us about that. They have. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Am I missing something? <laughs> I was told that uh, people are uh, chanting weird shit and uh, just straight up even asking questions in between songs. <laughs> oh, okay. When it comes to that, yeah, that does happen. There, there are people having full on conversations with me, and it's pretty interesting. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how it's happening all the time, but I mean, I'll be up there and they will ask me detailed questions. Like, are we the only <laughs> two in the room? <laughs> this, is, this is really bizarre, but I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I can't complain, man. No, I, I've, I know from catching the set in, in Grand Rapids, I heard some conversations going and you're just like, I forgot who has the mic, me or you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't really go with any sort of that plan to say anything. And, you know, if uh, something catches my ear and I respond to it, well, there we go. You know, off to the races. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm just up enjoying it. You know, uh, you, what you're getting is me. So, you know, I'm just going to go up and enjoy myself. You know, I was talking with uh, Chris Bishop earlier. Um, I know you had done some work with the Crowbot guys, and he was telling me about how uh, how fun it was hanging out with you. Just you know, first and foremost, outside of the collaboration process, and you know, he was talking about you guys going to bangers and and watching a bunch of Rick and Morty, which felt very on brand for you. <laughs> <laughs> How important is it for you when you are going to collaborate with someone in a musical sense to kind of get to know who they are as people to to kind of have that be a part of the process yeah if that if that can be done it definitely helps um you know if 
if you can write and it fits the person, the group, and you know, and it helps when you can just kind of vibe with them and hang out and get a feel and just kind of step into where they are. And, and that's it. That's the challenge. I enjoy that part. So just being able to write for different bands and and solo projects and then getting to do all the other side stuff it's it it just keeps my mind occupied which is a good thing because i'm generally awake and my mind's going a million miles so i gotta do something with it let's uh we're, we're still trying to see i can see dan i can see that he uh can hear us but i don't know if he can hear you this this feels like one of those old school live call-in shows <laughs> We could always reschedule. Well, I know like the questions he's going to ask. I just kind of would like to have him ask them. I know he's uh he smashed someone's uh Buick earlier today (laughs) at work, and then uh not as a result of that, he didn't have to uh to go leave work because of that. But he was like, "Oh, my day was done after that." I was like, "I bet it was." But uh, you could always just tell Howard that you smashed someone's nice car uh just so you could be here. Wow. Yeah, heck of a day. Well. Dan's kind of frustrated with not being able to hear, I guess. So I'm going to go into this. We are in 2019. It has been 10 years, at least from what I can pull up on the internet, that you have talked about Blood Has Been Shed. Uh, Back then, there was supposedly plenty of things between Corey. Uh, I know that uh, the vocalist for Burnt by the Sun had also said he was working on vocals on the record and so forth. And you had even said at one point that you were gonna do vocals and i think there's an interview somewhere with you and mike d talking about how the music's done you just had to find time to do the vocals for him so here we are 10 years later and i want to know where the fuck is this blood has been shed record that everyone has been talking about for a decade uh i get to find that them that music i don't even know if it'll ever see the light of day doesn't mean it was the shed won't see the light of day so it does exist in some capacity oh there are Wow, what, 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 how do I approach that? Um, yeah, it's been a long time since that is since that music has really been discussed, but there have been discussions, and I'll just leave it at that. Fair enough. I know it's it's just one of those things. Like I know Dan and I are in our mid thirties, and so you know, blood has been shed has been a a very integral part of you know, the the aggressive music that we got into at a younger age. And I would even say, and I've actually been trying to get Corey to come on the show to talk about just the fact of how ahead of the time the band really was for what you all were doing. And to feel like if maybe you guys feel like you got your just due uh, for kind of creating something that so many people have kind of bit the style of. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Corey is. That might be one dude that's as busy or busier than us. Just doing different things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll blow your mind if you talk to him. Have, have fun. <laughs> but yeah, I know. He, he, he has always been one of the most interesting people I've ever known. So, yeah. Hey, get him on there. But um, how he came up with that music, even to this day now, I still just kind of have to laugh at it. And yeah, he he was definitely a little... You know, uh, above you know, above the pay grade at times when it came to the whole metalcore math thingy, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, 
he he's just a special kind of person and i don't know just getting the recognition i i i, I kind of don't care <laughs> just <laughs> if, if you have fun with it you know if you listen to it and you have fun with it cool you know i, I guess that's that's you know people bought it that's that's a pretty good pat on the back for me so i i'm, I'm cool with that are you surprised that people still want blood has been shed all these years later absolutely really <laughs> of course uh, this whole it, i have a career in music this shocks me so yeah all of this surprises me it still does it's the way i it, before i go on stage i'm still nervous every time this is not a natural thing to go in front of people and do this stuff so all this to me is still very surprising and it it still feels new or different every time you go on stage. It's, I mean, a lot of shows, they do kind of melt into each other, but how I feel each time, it's, it's, it's always like, it's almost like a shock of cold water. You know, it's just, oh my God, is this really happening? So that's honestly how it feels to me. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. I don't know if Howard can hear you. Sweet. Well, good deal. Um, you guys are talking about the stuff that I love the most um, <laughs> with the uh, blood has been shed and all that. Is it is it kind of strange to you that, that all these years later, you know, blood has been shed, kill switch, and now with light the torch, is it surprising you that, like, the, the quote-unquote metalcore genre is still, like, a viable deal? Because I know that probably when you were out doing your first shows was it you know like obviously you probably didn't have the response that you have now um is it kind of like mind-blowing like how how far the genre has come and how how receptive people are to it just like the average uh music fan is receptive to it oh sure yeah i mean it was without saying i mean uh i moved to the east coast and started doing music and honestly the very first show that Corey and I played, you know, and it's, I mean, that's old history before we were called Lesman Shepherd. First show we played, Jamie Justin booked that show for us. Did he not book anybody at that point? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. But yeah, he was just always around. But, but the fact that, like, that long ago, we're still doing it, yeah, I'm still stunned. It, it, I still have friends that I made. Like when I moved up, and we're all still actively doing this. I, I'm blown away by it. Yeah, it, it, the shock never leaves for me. But has been shed. Yeah, it's just really, yeah, it's really surprising because it's, you know, it's not for everyone. So, so for people who still care about it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where it's. At times you think, all right, it's uh, this thing's dead and buried, but then you know little sparks will happen here and there, and then, so who knows? May, uh, eventually, we may get on the same page. But yeah, we're both pretty busy dudes. How's your handicap in uh, Hot Shots Golf? I hear you're you're quite the uh, ace on that game. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, honestly, I don't remember what my handicap was with that because in a while. But yeah, I used to truly enjoy that game. Uh, actually, uh, most of most of the guys on tour. Just, when did that game come out? 
you fuck, remember I it all? Uh, I want to say like 98 or 99, somewhere around there maybe, initially. Or yeah, like the original Hot Shots, but yeah, the, the version we were playing was maybe 2004 or five or so. I was literally talking about this, I kid you not, with with Killswitch's guitar attack, Josh. We were talking yeah. about this, um, what, three days ago? That's that's who I that's who I got the information from. I texted Josh and I was oh, like, "Of course you did." Got any fun? Oh, uh, got any fun stories <laughs> or anything I can mention to Howard? <laughs> Makes sense. There you go. There you have it. Yeah, we we always talk about it. There's there's certain there's just certain things that just kind of got ingrained in our in our brains during many many tours and, and you know just sitting in the back of the bus and playing video games and watching sad him videos. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much my pretty much my existence. <laughs> I know uh, you're you're big into rap. Uh, a lot of people don't necessarily maybe know that unless they hear you talking with Josta uh, about random mumble rap and so forth. What is uh what is your take on this Old Town Road stuff? Uh, you know, between it's coming out initially and it was the you know I think it was the chart topping country song until country music decided to uh, say that it didn't quite fit the country genre. So then uh, Billy Ray Cyrus comes in and, and lends his soulful voice to it, and now I think there's like 9 million ver- uh, remixes to it with various people on it. Wow. Um, well, here's the thing. It's like, you know, I heard about that, and 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 then uh, uh, him coming out or or just saying, yes, I am, or, you know, all that stuff. You know, I just heard, I've heard all this stuff, have not heard the song. <laughs> so to say that a Howard Jones metal version of the song it's not happening i wouldn't say that just for some reason it hasn't reached my ears yet who is someone in that world that you would love to do a collaboration with oh my gosh it's uh (laughs) yeah if i could uh hang out a little bit with juicy j yeah let's do this (laughs) are you gonna have a family barbecue thing uh announced on the back of a can of colt 45 hey whatever he wants to do i'm down because i'll just be standing there laughing going Juicy's doing that. <laughs> that man is hilarious to me. <laughs> he is just—he's just the greatest, and he collaborates with everybody, and he always collaborates with new young blood, and it's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I just like him. He just says some of the funniest stuff in the world. I realized a couple years ago that I think Three Six Mafia are to blame, mainly Juicy J, for the uh, the hook laden rap mumble rap we have now where that's all that like the hook is all that said like a million times and that's a song technically yeah he, he, uh they, they definitely uh they definitely made the hook a viable thing for for hip-hop however it, he can uh he can he can throw down some rhymes he can, he can lay down some verses juicy man <laughs> never put a limit on juicy j <laughs> <laughs> i think that should be a tour shirt <laughs> <laughs> I just want a T-shirt with every version of his mixtapes on. <laughs> that oh, thing would be amazing. crazy. He records so much stuff. Kind of uh, in wrapping up, uh, last two questions I have for you: Is there? Uh, I know that there's a new body count record being worked on, and I know that you've uh, between you know friends and Doc Coyle and and Josta have worked with Ice T and Body Count dudes. I saw that there was a photo a while ago of you getting to meet uh, the Godfather Ice T a while back, and wanted to know if there's uh, any opportunity that we might see you on this new Body Count record. Well, it hasn't been spoken of or anything, but hey, you know, if uh, if Ice gives a call, yeah, 
who am I to say no? It's ice, man. Come on. <laughs> I think that's a collaboration I need to see in, uh, in 2020 at least. No, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Come on, it's ice. I mean, come exactly. on, I was listening to, I was listening to that, the OG album. I still remember it so well because I was just getting into it. And my brother stole it and never gave it back. <laughs> I think my, uh, my most stolen CD, oddly enough, is uh, Keith Sweat's self-titled album. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. Look at Keith Sweat, <laughs> he, he, was, uh, he was like, he was kind of like the uh, earlier version of, uh, well, uh, I don't know what you could kind of label him as, but yeah, the women love Keith Sweat. Um, Still do. What was I going to say? Oh, Ice-T. That's why I was really upset, because that album, they actually had like two Body Count songs on it before the Body Count album came out. And my brother took it, and I was pissed. <laughs> so I, I'm just giving you a little backstory Absolutely. with Ice-T and Body Count. And uh, I see that you are you have one more show left of this uh, date. Uh, I think it's in Alberta, Canada tomorrow. But then what does the rest of 2019 hold for you? Oh, maybe a little breather. I've got a few projects to... King Fighter by chance? That would be one of them. There's uh, that is on the horizon. Um, that just you know, I'm I'm always doing something. So I just got to finish up a few things, and then we're gonna try and dive a little more into the second like the Torch album. And we do have some. Uh, we've got some tour announcements still coming up for uh, before the year's out. So yeah, there's. There's more to come. Well, thank you very much for taking the time, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back around the Midwest uh, before the year's end. We will be around. It's coming. <laughs> but I would typically ask you to plug your socials, but I know you're really terrible because you don't have socials, so... <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to leave you with this because I saw this yesterday and I fucking died laughing when I saw it. So I'm in this Facebook group for, for journalists and so forth. And it's basically just a big networking thing to get uh, press opportunities to be like, hey, who, who handles so-and-so and all that kind of stuff. And I saw someone post, looking for a contact for Howard Jones. No, not the singer of Light the Torch. And I was like, that might be the first time I have ever seen that be the case. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I know there's been so many wires crossed between between people wanting to talk to him and people wanting to talk to me. That's fantastic. So I thought I, I thought you would appreciate that. And uh, again, want to say thank you for taking the time uh, this early evening and uh, enjoy the rest of your show and safe travels. Oh, you got it. Thanks a lot, man. And that was our quote unquote conversation with Howard Jones of Light the Torch. Uh, if you guessed Dan drank a whole six pack, <laughs> uh, you would have been correct. Fair enough. It was uh, it, it was fun. I mean, the parts of it that I heard were great. I, I did get to hear the other parts of it later, so that was good. I mean, I guess there is that. Like you, you at least get to hear it after the fact, but it uh, it still sucked. It it's just ah. Uh... I, Dan and I have a running joke that it's like when I'm really excited about an episode, I always feel like it just falls way short of expectations. This is definitely one of them, but not because of like, oh, you know, like I I ask bad questions or I just feel like they weren't into it. It was all technical difficulties that led this to be a very jolted uh, interview. Maybe it doesn't come across. Maybe I'm able to kind of edit around everything and, and you won't even know. It. We're just telling on ourselves, but... I think uh, in the event that the editing process is a little unforgiving, uh, 
we at least want to like let you guys know what happened with this and why it sounds the way it does. Yeah, fuck you, Skype. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't don't. Uh, I I still like you, Skype. Uh, please keep working. I need you to work. All that aside, I I actually really uh, enjoyed uh, finding out. I mean, it's it's funny that it, I mean, Howard has to know how how monumental blood has been shed is to people. He's he played it off like it was no big deal, and it's like I don't think you understand how big of a deal it is to the to these two guys sitting here. Well, there's that, and sometimes I wonder because I've seen people do this. So like, I know you're a pretty big Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza fan. Hell yeah, and. Admittedly, they had their time, and they definitely were big in that scene. But let's be real. Big at that time was maybe 100, 200 kids on a stacked bill. Totally. So that doesn't really mean much when you say, like, oh, my God, you were, like, one of my favorite bands. And it's like, well, I played in that band, and uh, no one fucking came out. That's why that band doesn't exist anymore. So I get that side of it because I I see – I've actually seen a friend of mine do this to Joshua from a – from ex uh, Tony Danza, where all he did was talk about Tony Danza, and like Josh was just kind of like, yeah, okay. And it's like I get it. At some point, like you move on, and, and you, as the person who were in that, are kind of moving on because you're doing this other new thing or have done several things beyond that. But it still kind of got it. I still feel like, as a fan and as someone who has seen people react to how people feel about their past, I still gotta feel like it's like I guess it's just bias. Blood has been shed is so fucking good. And if you are listening to this and you're hearing Dan and I go on, or mainly me, go on and on about Blood has been shed, you've never fucking heard Blood has been shed. I mean, greetings from the gallows. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, call waiting, John Doe has the upper hand. The fact of if, if you listen to that through a really good set of headphones and hear how they have to play the parts panned on either side of the stereo and know that they're doing that is just such a mind fuck. <laughs> Um, she speaks to me fucking, I mean, it's a single quote unquote, as much as a single like that could be. I think the hardest part is that, you know, whenever you're like, yeah, we're doing an episode with Howard Jones. Most people are like, oh, cool. I'm doing an episode with Howard Jones from Light the Torch or I'm doing, or I'm doing an episode with Howard Jones X kill switch. Me and John were literally like, oh my God, we get to talk to Howard from blood has been shed, (laughs) you know? And that, that was just our mindset going into it. It, you know? Um, and I, I, I'm sorry if our questions were a little bit, you know, more geared towards that, but you know, I just, it just couldn't be helped, you know, um, there, there's just not a lot of press about that band. You know, they came out at a time where there wasn't a lot of press, no. you, know, you you hear whispers or whatever. And a lot of people know that Howard was in, was in blood has been shed, but like, it just, I, and you know, maybe we're the only two guys that, you know, like representing our States, you know, uh, that were that were really into the band, but uh, if you haven't checked out Blood Has Been Shed, like, oh my god, like, come on. <laughs> well, the other thing too, and you know, we bring it up in the fucking thing, and I, I flat out asked Howard, "Where the fuck is this record <laughs> that we've been waiting on for a decade plus?" Yeah, no joke. Ugh. Yeah, like it. It's it, we're gonna wait. We were talking in the last episode about uh, about you know waiting forever for bands. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I, I may have said something along the lines of there's tons of other great releases that have come out this year, but, like, I'm still going to be just as stoked about a new Blood Has Been Shed record as I would be, you know, uh, about, like how all these assholes are like about Tool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, did I what, say assholes? Oh, okay. Yes. Well, just leave it in. The thing that gets me, though, is the fact that 
again, we got confirmation. There is a, musically at least, there is a new Blood Has Been Shed that we have not heard. It exists. It just needs to have vocals or whatever put on it. Ferret doesn't exist. I would assume 10 plus years later, whatever label was Sony or whatever that bought out Ferret, they probably don't give a fuck. Actually, go and listen to the episode that Doc Coyle did on X, X-Man podcast with, uh, I'm totally drawing a blank. Uh, he used to be the manager for Lamb of God, uh, but he worked with Carl and was one of the original partners, I think, uh, or had a hand in Good Fight music and basically talked about how the label, when Good Fight started, uh, Sony bought them out. I think it was Sony. And basically, they were in charge of their own like smaller label, so on and so forth. And then because it just wasn't doing well, they got all of their rights back in the catalogs to everything. And then basically, Good Fight went away, and i.e. so did Ferret. So I really don't know who owns any of that shit anymore. I don't know if like technically... Howard and the dudes own their masters for the Blood Has Been Shed stuff, which, uh, vinyl, please. Um, no shit. And uh, it, it's one of those things that, to me, knowing that there is a record out there just potentially needs maybe a month's worth of sitting down and, and finishing it just to at least give it to us, let it be out, and then if they don't want to do anything from there on forward, fine. But don't tell me that there's music that I'm not going to get to hear. It's almost like Deftones with Euros. I don't care if it's a shit record. I still want to fucking hear it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just I, I, the tease, man. There's so much tease in what we do, and it just sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have any other way to articulate it. I just I, I wish that, you know, we had everything now available. And this is, like, so, this is so, like, first world problems in that, like, we basically live in a society where anything we want is available right away. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but again, no, I care about some record that's probably been sitting on a hard drive for, you know, 10 years. Like, where's that record? I'm sitting. <laughs> that's how much of a nerd I am. I just literally got quiet. Cause I was thinking about where does this new record go musically? Cause I mean, think of like where the last one went, it like covered so much sonic territory, where do you go? And kind of based on where Howard was vocally at that time, which I know they had, a, you know, the guy from Burnt by the Sun, I think, doing vocals as well because Howard was too busy with Kill Switch. But it's like, so are we going to see more? Can you imagine like a lot more like singing over that like brutal shit? I think it would sound cool. Yeah. So let's just do it. Let's, you know, start a petition, you know, yeah. fucking burn down all the houses. I don't know. Let's, Maybe let's... that's a thing you do. Let's get a Facebook uh, event page going. Like, I mean, if we got people storming Area 51 for shit, let's uh, let's go to Corey Unger's house or whoever and, and try to storm the gates of whoever and and un- unearth this uh, this new Blizzman Shed record that's been. I feel like at this point it's like Indiana Jones, like the third Indiana Jones movie. Like we're we're at the <laughs> we're deep in the yeah. caverns looking for this fucking record, and you're like, oh, I got it. Yeah, you chose poorly. Yeah, but did I? No. I guess we've uh, we've we've just exhumed the corpse of blood has been shed uh, in the intro, in the ep- interview, and now in the outro. It can't be uh, avoided. Sometimes we're big fans of things. I think this might be the biggest fanboying we've done on a singular band that probably no one really knows about. It's fine. They're they're gonna know about it now. I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, and, sales uh, are gonna spike. They're gonna go on tour and release eight new albums, all based on us fanboying out on this episode. And you and I will be in every show in every city, along with 18 other people. <laughs> Side stage. <laughs> I mean, there is no stage. It's uh, it's your local VFW hall. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Good pretzels. There you go. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring this creaky flight to uh, an end. And uh, if you would like to keep up with Howard, well, fuck it, you can't because he doesn't have socials. Uh, so if you would like to keep up with Light the Torch, you can find them on Facebook at Light the Torch Official, Instagram at Light the Torch Band, and Twitter at at LT Torch Band. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can actually see a better sounding uh, interview with Howard over there on MetalNexus.net. Um, so if you want to see what a real professional looks like, there you go, and you can actually see Howard. Um, MetalNexus.net, Facebook MetalNexus, Instagram Metal.Nexus, Twitter Metal underscore Nexus. Dan will tell you where he can be found. I can be found in your local alleyway, depressed about my lack of appearance in this interview. But if you want to get a hold of me when I'm not feeling so down, you can find me on Facebook under Daniel Terry. You can find me on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan. You can find me on Gmail, even if you're looking really hard, at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can find us simply enough at Brew Speak Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out on YouTube, where you can see some of these interviews done in person. If you would like to support us monetarily, you can check out our Patreon page. Yes, we have one. No, we do not have an Amazon wish list attached to it. Maybe we should, though. Uh, nor a premium Snapchat, but uh, patreon.com slash Pod. Check us out. Donate if you would like to. Uh, maybe we'll get a better internet connection between the two of us if this kind of shit doesn't happen again. See, actually, it's your fault. It's your fault because you're not supporting us monetarily. There you go. Just turn it around on them. I will. That's how politicians do it. And... <laughs> And if you would like to keep up with our show sponsor, you can do such over at TheBeanBastard.com. Facebook and Instagram are at TheBeanBastard. If you would like to also support us with some appreciation and love, you can do such on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're hearing this. Uh, there's probably a subscribe and a little rating button somewhere around. Uh, do a little research. Do that for us. Greatly helps. Uh, and for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. Now go listen to Blood Has Been Chat. <laughs>